This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily and their information. We're here with Automatic Andy, the world-renowned expert on uh, bathroom mirrors, and truck girl Jen, who has more trucks than any other esteemed and renowned collector of high-end matchbox trucks in America. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Good, good. I was so I was looking forward to clapping today. You were? Yeah, because I'm so happy to be in the studio with y'all. Yeah, y'all. We were up at uh, four. Well, I was up at four o'clock this morning. I heard your alarm going off, but you didn't I, get up until like five thirty. I made every effort to get up at four o'clock. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then I didn't. Then you shuffled. I did. I got up a little bit. Yeah, but I blame we were Nick and I were thwarted by people trying to steal stuff last night. And oh, I, alarm went off at two o'clock in the morning. And I got up and I and I and I I woke up cho- choosing violence. <laughs> and I couldn't I couldn't calm down. Yeah, the alarm went off at two o'clock in the morning. Somebody decided to uh, drive into our driveway and set the alarm off. So not, we went, not last night they didn't. Yeah, no. I think drive into the driveway and it, all the lights go on and the alarm. Went, wee, wee. And that taught them. They backed out really quick. I mean, they were probably just turning around in the street, but well, it serves them right. They won't do that again. Yeah, don't come <laughs> in this driveway. Yeah, that was the end of that. Uh, how are you guys? Got a packed show today. Uh, we have we're going to talk a, a little a little bit about uh, Ford's business plan. They have uh, electric transit coming out. They're going to announce that at the LA Auto Show. It's going to be interesting. Uh, nobody's really doing business electric vehicles yet. I mean, they've talked about uh, going. Amazon's talked about going uh, electric with their fleet of Rivian vehicles. Walmart. Um, <coughs> yeah, Walmart it, is Everyone's going. talking about it. Yeah. No one's actually done it. The e-transit's going to be like the first vehicle to make its appearance. You know who's going to pull the trigger before everybody? Who? The Maid Brigade. The Maid Brigade? Yeah. They're, they're gonna, getting ready, aren't they? Yeah, they're going to get some Teslas in there before anybody. Uh, let's see if they do. There was that whole debacle last week we talked to Anton about, the fact that uh, Hertz said they were going to buy a harm, what was it, uh, 100 million big zillion dollars worth of tesla vehicles but then tesla said no we're not selling them the vehicles it hurts so there's all that shenanigans going on you'd think at that level of communication yeah people would be communicating yeah but there's all these tax implications like Hertz stock went flying up and tesla stock didn't and so there's not, you know everyone's denying everything because it affects stock prices and it's billions of dollars in you know affects stock prices mm. um i watched some stocks go flying up this week. You know, Ford making some big announcements and their stock going up. And I luckily bought Ford when it was pretty inexpensive. And so watch their stocks go. Rivian stocks going up. Yeah. Um, I bought Fisker stocks too, and that's gone flying in the last week. It's gone up like $4 a share. Yeah, it's good. I got friends that had bought Tesla stock when it was, uh, not Tesla stock, um, Fisker stock when it was dirt cheap. And uh, it was like you know down in the in the dollars, and now it's up to I think something like sixteen dollars a share. Mm-hmm. So it's flying up there. 
and it, they're so oh, it's twenty dollars a share now. They're saying it's going to be thirty-two dollars a share. That's the prediction by some big banks. Wow! And so it's going to go up another ten, twelve dollars. They're saying so. When I'm you, in it for the long haul. I'm not. I'm not into cash out. I buy stocks and don't plan on ever selling them. So, so I don't. I don't write it for the short term. So what do you think about Elon and selling six point nine billion dollars of Tesla stock? Doesn't he? He earns something like ten million dollars a. Is it a, a day, some, something yeah, horrible? Yeah. His security costs so much money, too, that I can't even fathom being worth that amount of money. There's probably we have listeners that are worth that sort of money. We have a very very high end listeners who are worth a lot of money. I can't fathom that sort of money. I just, just could I live in your shoes for a day, listener? Yeah, <laughs> life, is, life is different. Can you imagine just being just navigating through life like that? Oh. Um, I have a friend who used to chef for Bill Gates. And this is a real super quick story because it's not so car related. They have security in Bill's house where you have to wear a lanyard to get around the house to open doors. And uh, he was just clocking off work. And uh, he took his chef's uniform off in the the room where you take your laundry off. He took it off and he threw it down the laundry chute. And he took his lanyard off and threw it down the laundry chute. And he was trapped in this room for six hours. He couldn't get out because oh, his lanyard had gone down the laundry chute no. until someone came in the room. Oh, no. Yeah, six hours Jeez. in this little room. I can anyway, imagine. Yeah, that was a tough one. What else is on the show today, Nick? Uh, we're going to talk about, funnily enough, Rolls-Royce. Uh, they have uh, announced their 103EX Vision, which is their new electric Rolls-Royce. Rolls-Royces now are the most expensive they've ever been. They used to be where you could get into a Rolls-Royce for 350,000. It's now over 500,000 for the average Rolls-Royce. They're making only 5,000 a year. They're one of the most sought after cars in the world. They are the premium luxury um, item in the world. Not just car, but the premium luxury item in the world. We're gonna talk about that. Uh, We're gonna talk about the vehicles we're gonna say goodbye to in 2021. The vehicles that are going to be no more we have a list of those bye-bye bye-bye bye have a good one the golf is one of those bye-bye to the golf this year there's a big one too i I was surprised yeah some big ones uh jared pallet is going to join us to talk about a vehicle happens to be nominated for north american car of the year that is going to be a list we're going to talk about too um that's the g70 from genesis uh the kia sorento which Kia, again, hitting it out of the park. The Sorento, we're going to chat about that. Uh, Andy's got some things he liked about that. Anton Warman, we're going to discuss what's going on in the business world, if you have investments, money, autonomy, electric vehicles. Um, And then we're going to talk about the shortlist for the North American Car, Truck, and Utility Vehicle of the Year. The Utility Vehicle of the Year is, is probably going to be a tough one because it's between two. But we'll go over that list several times in today's show and look at the candidates for Utility Vehicle of the Year. The Truck of the Year, I'm pretty confident. There's two top runners, but I'm pretty confident which one's going to be the Truck of the Year this year. It looks to me like there's one that's going to pull ahead. It could be between two, but I think there's one that's going to pull ahead. But the Car of the Year... Oh, that's wide, wide open, mm. wide open. Yeah, I like the car we drove in today, which is one we're going to talk about Jared pa- with Jared Pallet from Genesis about. That's the G70. They've done a really good job with that vehicle. 
the engine got changed, uh, the driving dynamics got improved, the front lights I love, they look like a dragonfly, the color schemes that they're doing in that vehicle, phenomenal. The interior, they've really stepped it up with color and accoutrements. They've just done a good job with that vehicle. And, and autocrossing, just a, I mean, it's a good car. Red seatbelts. Red seatbelts. Yeah, that's always good. I like to know what I'm being belted in with. Um, and there is the Golf GTI. There's a, the Audi S3. There's a, there's a whole bunch in there. I, uh, the GTI is a superb vehicle. Uh, it's the hottest hatch in the world. Stop it. You could go to ourautoexpert.com right now and see my review of the hottest hatch in the world. But it's wide open. Like, I, I can tell you there's a lot of good vehicles in there. And we'll talk to Jared a little about this. The biggest problem with any competition, and Jen, you have to agree, there's nobody that can disagree with me. There's one problem when you have the vehicle of the year award. It doesn't matter if you're Motor Trend, if you're Road and Track, if you're the North American jury, there's one problem with all of this year, vehicle of the year, green car of the year. The biggest problem, and you cannot disagree with this, the biggest problem is there's only one winner. Oh, yeah. There's only one winner. There should be that three. means that there's a loser. That means everybody is a loser except for one company. Everybody is a loser except for one company. And that's a huge problem. Yeah. Because there can't just be one vehicle that's better than all the rest. It just doesn't work. There, there are so many good vehicles out there. You can't have one that is the winner. So I'm much more in favor of vehicles, the, the 10, the buying list. You should buy vehicles. Yeah. Because... Everybody is different in America. We are an eclectic society. We're made up of a bunch of people who are, we're all different. Jen likes trucks. Andy likes single mom cars. Yeah. I like luxuries and SUVs. Um, you know. And supercars. And uh, yeah, I'm okay with supercars, but I honestly yeah. don't like to lie horizontally a lot. So there, I mean, a lot of most supercars, you have to lie flat. I'd be, just I'd be okay with that. You, <laughs> as long honestly, as I was in a supercar. Get, <laughs> you get fed up with it after a while. I don't think so. Um, so I'm, I'm just you telling so? you. I'm just telling you right now. No. You should have a buy. There should be a best buy list for every category. And you should have 10 vehicles because everybody likes a different kind of vehicle. Some like family. Some like luxury. Some like off-roading. Some like Subarus and adventure vehicles. And, and you should have vehicles that make that list. I think the, Honda and Ford could be touch on all of those. Yeah, there's some companies that make a lot of the lists, mm -hmm. um, but you can't just have one vehicle. You can't have you can't have one truck. You can't. I mean, the, you have trucks at different ends. You have electric trucks like Rivian, and you have TRXs from Ram that are like super performance trucks, and then you have off-road trucks like the you know jeep gladiator they're all different class of vehicles they're completely different you can't just have one vehicle that is the truck of the year there's so many different vehicles that do different things so i think you can't just have a truck of the year it doesn't work it doesn't work anymore no and so that's the big failing when you have of the year awards it doesn't work it just doesn't work that's why you have Best Buy lists. I think Best Buy lists are so much better. So we have to have the Nick Mile Award? Mile? 
Miles. Am I shorter than I was before I lost the S? <laughs> <laughs> All right, more show coming up. We're going to talk about the uh, the transit, the electric transit coming up from Ford and their pro business and strategy marketing. Uh, that's coming up on our Auto Expert. Stand by. You're listening to our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert podcast is available 24-7 on our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. You can also see pictures of Andy and Jen when they worked as clowns at the Barnum & Bailey Traveling Circus before they lost their jobs due to the incident with the disappearing clown car. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Uh, so, joining us on the phone is uh, Aniela Cousin from Ford Pro Business and Strategy, uh, soon to be released at the Ford uh, at the uh, and, uh, LA Auto Show. Is the Ford uh, the new all electric, I should say, uh, Ford E Transit van and uh, Ford Pro Charge America Business Forward E Transit customers pilot program is where the vehicle is going to hit communities nationwide. Wide, uh, this pilot program launches to help companies begin uh, interacting with the all-electric e-transit van in uh, either of their fleets to evaluate the vehicle's performance, uh, understand uh, charging solutions, and experience advantages of the Ford Pro Next Level uh, technologies. So, tell us a little bit about this vehicle. First of all, uh, is this this the first sort of business solution as an electric van because I. Think I think everybody's been talking about getting electric uh, vehicles out there for their fleets. I know that Amazon has been talking about getting electric vehicles and delivery vehicles going, but I think the e-transit is probably one of the first to hit fleets out there, isn't it? Yeah, we're really excited about this pilot. It is it is certainly Ford's um, first e-transit uh, van pilot or electrified van. And what's really particularly exciting is that like the transit, it serves customers across uh, really all industries. The pilot uh, itself, uh, we're working with customers across um, delivery, service and maintenance, uh, commercial rental, utilities, even farming. And it's a really great way for us to look at how the eight variants of the e-transit really work in the real world across those use cases and give our customers an opportunity to really evaluate how it will work, you know, for their businesses. So tell us a little bit about the e-transit, first of all, because I know we'll get Mm -hmm. a lot of information that'll sort of come out um, at the LA Auto Show. But at the same time, I saw it at the Woodward Dream Cruise. Uh, They were on display there. Uh, The e-transit is is quite a feat and it'll come in. Does it come in several different sizes? Because I know that there is a long wheelbase version, right? Yeah, it's really it's really a cool uh, vehicle. It comes in eight different configurations. So there's a high roof, a low roof, and a medium roof van with two body lengths. And then there's also a chassis cab and a cutaway variation. And so it really is intended to, like the Transit, serve our customers across all industries. Um, it has a lot of really great features. Um, uh, if our customers enroll in our e-telematics, there's a lot of really interesting uh, integrations with uh, electric vehicle charging. 
Uh, for example, you can pair the vehicle with your home charger. You can schedule it. Uh, you can uh, look at really cool features like preconditioning, where uh, say you're in a climate like Michigan, where I am, um, it's starting to get a little colder. It's actually pretty chilly today. And so uh, if I want to get ready to either um, run my route or get ready to you know, start my day, what I actually can do is, is work with the vehicle and program it to raise the cabin, raise the battery up to a comfortable temperature while it's still plugged in. And what that does is allow um, the driver to really extend the range as much as possible by drawing that power from the grid rather than the battery um, while they're in route. Now, I know I, I own a Ford Mark EGT, so I'm sort of fam slightly familiar with some of these uh, concepts. When the lightning comes, we know that that will have an 80-amp uh, plug that will be able to be hardwired in. Will, will the e-transit uh, have the same charging uh, capabilities if you have a home charger, or will we have to wait for that? So the e-transit the, the e has um, charging that is flexible across um, your standard uh, home outlet. There's a mobile charger that actually comes with the vehicle that allows you to plug it into a standard wall outlet. Okay. But then it'll also be compatible with any um, standard AC or DC charger. So there is a um, home charge wall box that Ford provides that would be compatible with the vehicle, but also on um, pretty much any standard uh, home charger would be uh, suitable as well. And then it also works with uh, DC fast chargers. Um, if you need a top off um, either while you're on the road or you want to go that route and uh, can actually go from about 15% to 80% in 34 minutes. So pretty cool. Has Ford released any range information yet or is that still to come? So the, the targeted range for the high roof I'm sorry, for the low roof variation is 126 miles. Uh -huh. And then each variation is, is slightly different. Um, and one of the things we're doing with the pilot is actually looking at how that, um, how that range uh, works within the, the use cases and the businesses that our customers have across um, telecom, across utilities, across delivery, commercial rental, farming. Um, and we feel really confident that it's going to be a, a good solution across those industries. Yeah, because most of these guys are doing deliveries around the city and stuff. So Penske is one of the guys that are using these mm -hmm. vehicles to start off. Their test is going to go for how long? So Penske will um, be testing for at least 90 days. Um, National Grid, which is one of the other participants, will be about 60 days. Um, and then uh, the, the various customers... Um, have different different times depending on their needs, um, but all ranging uh, about 60 to 90 days. All right, and that data will then go to help you decide how you modify some of the elements of the vehicle? Yeah, it's really it's a really great opportunity for us to collaborate with our customers. Um, we'll use the data and the customer feedback um, to look at where there's opportunities to improve um, not only the e-transit that's will be available next year, but also our future electric vehicle um, developments. 
But then the customers also get to look right. at um, not only how the technology works, but how their business processes will as well. I can't wait to find out more about this. So uh, good luck with the test. Uh, we'll, we'll hope to have you back on again soon uh, and find out how it did. Keep your eye on uh, how that did for Ford. We have more Our Auto Expert coming up. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is our auto expert. Find us on TikTok. You can start a conversation with us. Ask us a car question. Just direct messages uh, at our auto expert and just let us know. We'll take any of your questions. You can ask a question, but don't ask us a question about why Jen has 221 phone books stacked up in the back of her truck or why Andy has a tattoo of Jen on the back of his neck. Those hey. questions have already been asked and answered. You can read the answers at ourautoexpert.com. Our auto expert is where Two million Americans get their automotive news daily. Uh, automatic Andy and uh, Truck Girl Jen are live in the studio with us. I'm Nick Miles. It's uh, your business, and you need to uh, see every single hire and make sure that you do. But you really don't have the time, and you don't want to go through every single resume. So you need Indeed, an all-in-one hiring platform that makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. We're with smart tools like Instant Match. You instantly get a list of qualified candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description the minute you sponsor a job. Spend less time sifting through resumes and more time saying you're hired. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. All right, so I um, recently spent some time in Miami with Rolls-Royce, and um, needless to say, there was a big party afterwards in which uh, my friend Jerry was holding bottles of champagne with sparklers coming out of them and um, had bunches of dancing people. Is that true, Jerry, by the way? That's Nick, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, I just remember working hard all day long. Yeah. Clearly you have managed to forget <laughs> all of the uh, fabulous partying that you did. Um, we had a good time at the launch of the Black Badge in true style of Rolls-Royce. There was lots of luxury things going on at a fabulous location with fabulous $1 million cigarette boats uh, jetting around the uh, Miami waterways and uh, the new Black Badge ghost. But today we leave all that behind to talk about um, the vision of the future which Rolls-Royce is projecting and that is the uh, the Rolls-Royce 103EX vision. So this this is the next chapter that you look for in Rolls-Royce. This is the Rolls-Royce of the future. So what does the future look like, Jerry? Well, the future is absolutely bright for Rolls-Royce. And what's, what's incredible is um, last month we made a historic announcement. So 117 years after the founding of the company, Rolls-Royce has announced that we will be taking the, country, the, the Rolls-Royce lineup electric by 2030. And uh, based on a lot of the advanced research and advanced design of 103EX and 102EX, which we did about 10 years ago, um, we do now have a, an electric Rolls-Royce that we're ready to put on the road for testing. So we'll be launching it in the uh, um, fourth quarter of 2023. Uh, so we'll do some, uh, we'll do some more uh, Rolls-Royce celebration around that time. Uh, Nick, I, I, I can assure the R Auto expert listeners that Nick knows how to uh, celebrate in Rolls-Royce style as well. <laughs> but uh, this is a, a very exciting for us here at Rolls-Royce. There's been a lot of questions 
you know, a lot of people have been moving towards electrification. But like everything else we do at Rolls-Royce, we don't do it until we're 100% perfectly ready to go. Right. And of course, you've got to do it in style as well. I mean, there's you have to do it for a, a different kind of customer, a customer, customer that expects something to be elite, uh, a notch above the rest. Um, and and of, of course, I think when, when a Rolls-Royce customer uh, does something, they have to do something that is much simpler, much more refined. It has to be easy. It has to be intuitive. And, and in a sense, too, it has to be done um, almost done for them in certain circumstances, but it has to be done with elegance and with panache at the same time, doesn't it? Yes, yes. And it's uh, well, our our clientele they expect um, they expect a Rolls Royce experience in everything we do, and we will give them this. What's going to be exciting with the new electric Rolls Royce is that we're going to be fulfilling a prophecy that uh, one of our founders made. It was. I think it was back in 1900 that Charles Rolls said that the electric car is perfectly noiseless and clean. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. There's no smell. There's no vibration. Right. That was over 100 years ago, 120 years ago, that he prophesied this, and um, we're ready to uh, we're ready to fulfill that prophecy. That's interesting, isn't it? That uh, something so long ago will be coming to fruition, um, you know, so, so much time in the future. Um, the pictures of the, of the vehicles that you have on the website uh, look very futuristic. Um, the, where the wheels should be, uh, it almost looks square, and where I'm, I'm sort mm -hmm. of unsure what is where the wheels should be. Well, when you look at 103X, you're seeing Rolls-Royce of 2040. And, you know, this, this, we're, we're looking into the future. We're looking into where the design capabilities will take us. You know, today we're doing, uh, we're doing coach-built cars like Boat Tail. We've done Swept Tail. Um, but as we look into 2040, there, there will be wheels. Um, it will be um, electrified. Uh, so you have new capabilities when you do the design. So what you're looking at is something that doesn't have an engine in it. Right. So you have all different types of spaces to play with. But it, it will still have wheels. 103X is, um, uh, as a matter of fact, has some uh, beautiful wheels. But uh, this is, you know, as we go to ultra customization, pure right. bespoke coach build, we're going to have some great opportunities. It's interesting to understand the possibilities. It's interesting to understand maybe what happens to the spirit of ecstasy because we've seen One Direction with something like Black Badge, where the spirit of ecstasy has been fashioned from a single piece of carbon. Um, we've seen, you know, her fashioned in gold. We've seen her fashioned in crystal. Well, what's the next chapter of the spirit of ecstasy? Is she fashioned <laughs> out of electricity? I don't know. Well, well um, inside 103X is your personal assistant and this is a uh, of course this is conceptual for us yeah. but you know that that uh, digital ai personal assistant will move into the interior of the car so the spirit of ecstasy will live as eleanor which is the name we've chosen for the personal assistant uh -huh. inside 103x i can tell you that exteriorly the spirit of ecstasy is one of the iconic it's one of the core pieces of the dna it will be around it has evolved over the past century but it will continue to adorn the uh, the front of every Rolls Royce. Right. 
Um, and then, of course, you know, the, the breadth and the depth of what happens to the car is just as far as the imagination can reach. And, of course, you have some amazing um, designers who, whose imagination um, uh, startles us every time that they are allowed mm -hmm. to wander off of a piece of paper. So uh, it's endless. Yeah, and you've met many. You've met Alex. You've met Henry. Uh, we have a new head of design, Anders. Uh, what's incredible is what they do is they come up with the designs where we can meld old world practices. For example, like on Coach Build with the boat tail, we did hand hammered aluminum. Those were the body panels. They were done the old fashioned way they were done 100 years ago. But as we move forward, we'll be using techniques like 3D printing. We'll be using new materials in, in the cars, uh, not necessarily for performance, but more from an artistic standpoint. You know, when you look, for example, at you know Black Badge today, you have the carbon fiber wheels. Well, we don't do that to save weight on on a Black Badge. We do it because it's artistic. It's a craft. Hmm. It's interesting. So, on a side note here, aren't we ready for another boat tail sooner or later? Well, we're working on some additional coach build cars. What's a, what's a, interesting with them is that. Uh, some of them you will see, some of them you may not see. It's okay. totally up to our patron when they commission a coach build car, whether they want to share it publicly with the world and when they want to share it publicly with the world. But you will see over the next, um, let's just say over the next year or so, you'll see some new creations uh, coming out of the coach build program. Interesting. Um, and then when's the next life cycle or the next reveal of the electronic electric story of, of Rolls-Royce? Well, the, the next big chapter for us, of course, we have a lot of things going on before then, but the next big benchmark for us is going to be the end of 2023 when Spectre is unveiled to the world. Um, Spectre will hit the road. Um, you, will, you will be able to experience what an electric Rolls-Royce is like uh, going from 20, 2023 onward. By 2030, every single Rolls-Royce will offer you electric. So uh, it, it does. It actually really starts a new phase, and it really puts us on that path to 103X, that future, that vision of 2040. 2040 is not that far off. So 2023 is right around the corner in our world, uh, and I know we'll see you there. Right. Uh, you'll be you'll be experiencing it with everyone and sharing it. But we're that's the the next milestone for the company. It's uh, it's something I obviously can't wait for. I just uh, have to hope I'm still working in the business by then. <laughs> so well, regardless, we'll we'll have a way for you to experience it, Nick. <laughs> I'm thankful in the 2040 that you still offer the umbrella. I think because <laughs> it's still going to well, rain. We're, we're fairly certain it will still rain, and that you will still need a. Uh, well, who knows? I mean, protection and sunshine. And they may have found a way to get rid of the rain by then. Who knows? Oh, well, and then there'll be ladies that need some discretion when exiting the car then as well. There yes. you go. <laughs> yes. yes, I mean, I mean, you, that's the you, secondary you, purpose, Jen. You know, <laughs> and it's interesting that you called it Spectre, who is obviously the organization in the in the James Bond movies, who are the uh, the sort of the 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 no the no gooders, I say, but uh, it it seems like the perfect role for for Torsten uh, to take. <sighs> Because he's been he's been playing the uh, the sinister uh, the sinister character in the Black Badge uh, reveals, and maybe he could be the sinister character of the Spectre. 
Yeah, you know, Torsten has, he's, he's shepherded the company for the past 10 years. He's brought us to where we are today. He has a lot of fun. Yes. And, uh, for those of you that have a chance, go on to uh, RollsRaceCars.com and you'll see him in the video launching the Black, Black Badge Ghost. Yeah. He, he enjoys uh, sharing that. He, he does. And, and I will he, tell you, he, he has a lot of fun. He personifies he the brand excellently. I mean, we, we all speak in Torsten's voice. Absolutely. Um, He's a good man. we talk about the, the brand, yeah, it's a lot of fun when he does that. So, Thanks, Jerry. But no, we're, we're not related to Spectre. Thanks, Jerry. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Take care. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Over 17,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more have streamed them. Uh, join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Pandora app, and Apple Podcasts, as well as Spotify. Of course, and our autoexpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. We'll, you will find some podcasts have been deleted, including one with Jen and the horse and Andy and the crankshaft. They've all been deleted. Also, Andy and the oil change. I'm Nick Miles. This is our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from our Auto Expert. All right. Cars that will be deleted this year. Uh, there are several that will no longer be continuing production. And uh, Andy has a list. Um, Andy, there are some sad vehicles that will be deleted, but uh, there are some vehicles that nobody probably cares about either. Um, so what vehicles will be deleted this year? What will we no longer see production of going into 2022? Nick, there's so many. Yeah. There, there's some big ones. Yeah, big big and tall. Um, well, I, I would like to start out with a big one, then maybe go to a little one. Okay. So I'm just going to start. I'm going to belly flop in the deep end. The yeah. Land Cruiser. Yeah, the Toyota Land Cruiser is gone. It's a wrap. Yeah, it's a sad. I think they're going to probably come up with something else. Is it going to be the Earth Surveyor? <laughs> ba 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 bum. Get it? Because where's the drum kit when you need it? I'm so funny. So yeah, that yeah, one, that one kind of hurts. I yeah, like it. it. I, my butt fits really good in that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, the Mazda Six. Um, I'm sort of sad about that because it was kind of a cool car, but nobody wants sedans anymore. Yeah, I like the ad campaign more so. Yeah. Um, the Audi R8 and the Quattro V10. Yeah, the the so that's the all-wheel drive version of the Audi uh, qua, uh, the Audi Quattro. So that's the all-wheel drive, the Quattro of the Audi with the V10. Yeah, V10s are not in fashion anymore because they're gas guzzlers. That's why. Mm. Oh, but like the regular the Audi R, R8 will still be around. Got I'm it. sure. Um, the Volvo V60 and V90. Yeah, that's the wagons. See yeah, wagons, CUVs. Nobody in in America likes wagons. They got goodbye wagon. Well, because they're they're really awkward. It's either you Shh, get, wagons are cool. Shush. No, no, but the Volvo shut your, ones. Shut your mouth. But the, it's either you lay down or you sit up. Shush. It's either one. Wagons are cool. Um, and then the Hyundai Velociraptor. Velociraptor. Yeah, no, I I like that, but it had three doors and nobody could get their head around that. Not not into it. The Honda Clarity. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it was. They it came in. Um, uh, it was a, a, a hydrogen car. What? Nobody understood that either. It was only available in California. Are we just throwing periodic elements and stuff now? Yeah, whatever. Uh, the Subaru WRX STIE. See, that's why. That was that's a special. Yeah, there was no. too many letters. They that's couldn't fit them on the back, so they had to get rid of that. There's 23 out of 26 letters. Yeah. The yeah. Mercedes. Here's another one. Uh, the Mercedes AMG GTR. We had yeah. that. The R. The R was only because it was a racing version of the car. Well, then, okay. The Kia Stinger GT. First of all, Kia should not have anything that stings or a GT. <laughs> it was an awesome car, it James. Was really tell cool. you, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, it's sad to see it go. Fine. 
Uh, Jen, the Camaro. I know. Sad. The David. Camaro. It's, it's the base handling package. First of all, the Camaro is going away altogether. Yeah, I it think. is. Well, but that's okay. Not sad. They'll not bring sad. it back in ten years. They want the Camaro. Suck. That's the, uh, hey. They always do that though. This Wait generation years. of Camaro yeah, was I, awful. It was. I'm awful. not impressed. At all. And anybody that tells you it wasn't is a liar. liar. <laughs> uh, Nick <laughs> mentioned this one earlier. The VW Golf. Yeah, that's out of here. Um, yeah. I'm sort of done. I, I will tell you the fact that the GTI is sticking around is great, but nobody really liked the Golf, the no. base. Yeah, nobody did. Uh, the Acura RLX. Yeah, so here's my deal. No, I'm not going to get into this, but they came out with the Integra two days ago, and I looked at it and I thought it looks just like the ILX. They're just pretending. Yeah. <laughs> they're <laughs> pretending the they, they they're just renaming like anyway. Don't yeah. get me started. Yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> Uh, the Alfa Romero 4C Spider. I'm sad. Uh, no, I'm not. I am. That thing. I love that. It car. looked great, but you ever tried to drive that yes. around a parking lot and back up? Yeah. I know. It, it if they had would no power steering, none. it was like you had to have Arnold arms. You want to drive it's that thing was so hard in a parking lot? You had to have big muscles. Yes, you, it was very difficult. It was a really good. But Arnold I loved impression. it. Why weren't loved you impressed with my Arnold impression? That was oh, the only really thing good. that was wrong. All right, with next. It. Uh, there's there's three count them three BMWs right and I understand some of these the i8 the i8 is so the here. the i8 was a it had a mini engine and it had a hybrid um, powertrain and it's going away because they're coming up with a whole bunch of new electric vehicles so these were their first sort of that was their first hybrid perf sports performance car. They'll yeah. have a bunch more really cool ones. Yeah, they're they're the my my yin to yang touches on that. So right. the, the i8 and the i3, yeah. so the two i series, and yeah. then I know the sad. i3 is going away because they have like the they have right. the X and the i. They have a whole bunch of new electric and and stuff cars. That's coming. just a little ball of energy. The M8, the which I had, mm -hmm. I, owned, I know I owned an M8. The coupe and the convertible. Yeah, the um, green. They're, 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 I can't tell you. I know what I know. I can't say anything. So yeah. don't worry, there's something else that'll blow your head off. Yeah, there's something else, and that's coming in the next one. Yeah. But, but that it. means you can go out and get one now. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you, it'll M8. cost you a fortune. Well, I'm just saying. This one Mine was $140,000. No big deal. <sighs> Not for Nick. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> next. Uh, the Buick Regal. So long, goodbye. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> that, no, no, don't let no. The, don't let the door hit you on the way out. That Bye. Car, if it did, it would, oh, it would hurt because it was steel. That's Honestly. An old Move on. Car. Next. The Buick Regal. Next. Rest next. In peace. Next. The Cadillac CT6. Goodbye, next. The the Chevy Impala. Sad. Which, uh, that's sad and, you know, sad it, was, it, was the, it was the ugliest cool was. car in America. It was. It was good in the 50s. It was 50s. the ugliest. Yeah, 50s. <laughs> yeah, 60s. We, when Jen 70. was a teenager in the 50s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Next. <laughs> Uh, the Chevy Sonic. Don't let I'll it hit even, you on the door on the oh way out. Bye. The souped-up Aveo. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> ugliest, nastiest little car ever. Goodbye. The seats hurt yeah. bad. And then I saved the very last this one leaving sad. for the biggest one, mm. the Lamborghini Aventador. Aventador. Yeah, but you know something? Here's the deal. They've come. They they're coming back with so many great Lamborghinis. But not an Aventador. Know, yeah, those they're, are they're, amazing. they're better than the Aventador. But, the these, but these, but these the ones. The is back. Oh, yeah, the Countach is back. Yeah, that one's I a like lot. The Countach yeah, is that back, one's, that baby. That was so much fun to say. The Countach. What do you have? A Countach. Yeah, I have a two-seater Countach. <laughs> I'd like to see your Countach. I can't get in a two-seater. <laughs> I have to lay on top of it. You're laying on top of your Countach because I can't get in it. <laughs> get uh, in your Countach. 
They don't um, make Lamborghinis for me. Yeah, and that, that, so that's the list. You know, and and when we come back in the show later on, we're going to have the list of cars which are new this year and hot this year. Um, and the list of vehicles which are making the shortlist for North American Car Truck and Utility Vehicle of the Year. There's just, Nick, I just, I'm having anxiety because there's so much going on. Take a pill. Sit down. I just. Breathe. Put your head between your legs and breathe. You should see And the, if you're having trouble, uh, Jen, will, Jen will sit on the back Zen of your Zen. Zen Jen. Zen Jen. Mm. But Nick, there's, but there's, <laughs> there's the, the, the yang to the list is so exciting oh, for dude. the new things that are coming. Yes, next. very right. much so. Are you ready to start the music to go to the break? No. 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 Breathe. Put your head between your legs and breathe. Can we give him a, just a little taste? What, like the first one on the list? Yeah, of what? Of the new one. The new uh, one. Nick, it's a big one. And it's, it's fun to say. One. And it ties into Marvel movies, too, <sighs> a little bit. Say yeah. it. All right. Okay, it's the, the, okay. So we're done. Okay, everyone at home playing along. We're done with the ones Better that are leaving. The Aston Martin Valkyrie. <laughs> Google it. Google it. It's coming. It's coming. The Valkyrie. The V12 and, right. and it's a part of Thor. Okay. Are you all right now? Okay, I'm good. All right, take a pill. We'll be back after the break to talk about <laughs> other cool things. Stand by. Our auto expert will be back, and you will enjoy it more than you ever have. Ever, ever, ever. Dot com. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is Our Auto Expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, with Automatic Andy and Truck Girl Jen, who did not wear a seatbelt as a child. That's Automatic Andy, and had his own helmet, and uh, now he still wears it at night. And Truck Girl Jen, who uh, didn't have her own seatbelt either, but uh, she also didn't have any trouble at all without having a seatbelt on. I grind my teeth. I need to wear it. You need the helmet at night? Yeah, I have to. I have to. I grind my teeth, Nick. Yeah, that's why you wear the helmet. And I always it, wear yeah. a seatbelt. You do now as an adult. No, I didn't. You didn't, as a kid. Um, you didn't <laughs> wear a seatbelt, right? Um, I was. I was looking down the uh, North American car, truck, and uh, SUV uh, winners of the year, or not winners, the uh, finalists of the year, and there seems to be an unusually large amount of Genesis vehicles that have made that list. Um, when I say unusually large amount, there's two. But uh, they seem to be prominent in those lists. And uh, I have this week, we're driving a G- G70 from Genesis, which happens to be one of my favorite uh, vehicles. I think the front grill, uh, the front lights look like a dragonfly. Uh, they did a great uh, re, re- front ending of the vehicle, a new front fascia of the vehicle. Um, <laughs> so we asked... Uh, uh, Jared, if he'd come on to talk about the uh, the front and uh, the back and all the new things that they've done to the new Genesis, he is the public relations uh, gentleman for the United States and Canada, I believe. Or Jared, do you still do you still run the Canadian side of Genesis, or did you have to give that up when you came to run all those Americans? Well, I have to say we're pretty busy here in the United States right now, and uh, we've got a good team in Canada helping me out and. Uh, so yeah, here at Genesis Motor North America, we're trucking along in both countries. You uh, you seem to have scored pretty highly now, making both the SUV or the utility vehicle and the car of the year shortlist for the uh, North Americans uh, winners. Uh, that that that's pretty cool, isn't it? This year. I mean, we're incredibly humbled. Uh, you know, we've only been around in this country for the past five years, so we're an incredibly new, young brand. 
And the fact that all of these experts like yourselves, uh, like the North American Car and Utility Vehicle of the Year jury, and, and customers as well have embraced the Genesis brand and our products in only this short amount of time is quite remarkable. So thank you. Uh, I think there's one major problem, and we said this at the top of the show, there's one major problem with, and, and you will agree with me, everybody will agree with me, there's one major problem with these competitions, with Motor Trend Car of the Year, with and Truck and Utility Vehicle of the Year, and that major problem with these is there, there can be 41 losers and one winner. And that's the problem. You can only have one vehicle that's a winner because there are so many good vehicles out there that you can only have just one winner. And it's hard to pick just one winner every year um, because there are just so many great vehicles every year. So it must be nail-biting for you as you approach the, the finish line. So, Nick, you're absolutely right. I mean, one of the great things, and, and you can tell me if you agree or not, one of the great things about our industry today is that everyone is making such fantastic products. I mean, I think it's pretty difficult right now if you look at all the new vehicles that are available in the market to say, hey, that's a really bad car. It just doesn't exist. And so, yeah, it's, it's great to see that the competition is tough. But what's really encouraging for us as a brand is um, we don't have that many model lines. We only have five model lines, three sedans, and two SUVs in the market today. And all of them are award-winning. All of them are top safety pick plus uh, from IIHS, um, which is practically unheard of. Um, in our, our short five years of existence, we have G70 2019 Motor Trend Car of the Year. Uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, GV70, our new small SUV, was named uh, 2022 Motor Trend SUV of the Year. Uh, North American Car of the Year for G70. You know, lots of finalists. So. I think overall, the success that we've had in such a short amount of time is, is a testament to the, the design and engineering of our fantastic products. So for North American Car of the Year, the G70 is up for um, the award this year. And that category is wide open. There are, I think, eight vehicles left in that category. And to be honest with you, it's going to be a tough call for who wins that one. There, there doesn't, you know, there's not anybody in that category that looks like they're, I'm not hearing from anybody that this one's going to take it easily. And, and quite often there's favorites, but this year I, I don't know who I would pick in that category. It's, it's going to be a tough one. Would you agree? Oh, totally. Uh, you're, you're definitely right. So here's, here's what we've done because we know the competition is tough. So G70 came out as a 2019 model year vehicle a few years ago, and it received a very warm welcome from customers, from industry experts, uh, et cetera. And we know that people found it incredibly fun to drive uh, and just a great overall daily driver, um, you know, sports sedan. So we basically took the G70 that everyone knew and everyone loved, and we made it even better. What did we do? We, Like you said before, we redesigned it. Um, we made this bold new front fascia that features our new signature two-line look with really exciting quad lamps. Um, people thought that the vehicle was fun to drive, so we made it even more fun to drive. We added a new Sport Plus driving mode. 
Um, we added a variable exhaust valve. So when you put the car in sport or sport plus driving mode, not only does the exhaust make a much uh, more aggressive sound, but it actually also adds three horsepower. So you get another lawnmower's worth of power out of the, the engine. Uh, and on the inside, we made it even more comfortable, new materials, new leather color options. We added a 10.25-inch widescreen uh, display, uh, better infotainment software. So we basically said, hey, we already had the 2019 North American Car of the Year with G70. What can we do to take that car and make it even better? So hopefully we'll be able to convince the jury with that. And Andy, what's your favorite feature on the inside of the car? The red seat belt. <laughs> Those things make it go so much faster you don't even know. <laughs> All and, I can and, see. Andy loves the red seat belts. And by the way, my son recently just bought his first G seventy. Yeah. And I'm jealous. And you know, oh, well. just on a quick side note, sir, I just would like you not that it's a marketing point that would need to be exploited, but it fits big people's butts really good. Yeah. Just I FYI. And he's very comfortable in it, and yeah. in the back too. Yeah. Oh, and the oh, the back, the back. I'm very comfortable in the back, so it, it has big, big people are co-signing it. There you go. That's an endorsement. Um, so yeah, you. I mean, it's a great car. You did a really, really great job. And interestingly enough, um, for a lot of vehicles in that segment, Jared, the the back row is often tight for people, and it's not tight in the G70. Um, very roomy, very spacious. So you did get a lot of winnings out of the, out of the vehicle. It seems to fit everybody. The performance is is absolutely astounding, and the sound in Sport Plus, I love it. Um, you did you did an awful lot, but you also have a great showing as well. And this is where it's going to be really really tough in the North American Utility Vehicle of the Year because it's going to be a tough race between the G70 and the Bronco. And, you know, traditionally, the jury loves the, the American dream car, which is the Bronco. But all signs this year, look, the GV70 is getting so many nods and it's picking up so many awards. It picked up the Mudfest Award here in the Northwest, the Northwest uh, Utility Vehicle here. When it, when it came to Mudfest, it's picking up all the big Buff Book Awards. I mean, this GV70 is just cruising all the award ceremonies. And I know you're making uh, the fingernails uh, sweat from Ford. Well, uh, let's, let's face it. There's, there's some real tough competition in that utility vehicle category. I mean, I would agree with you. The Bronco uh, is a really cool vehicle. Obviously, GV70, uh, a sporty luxury SUV, is quite different from uh, the Bronco, which is more, uh, let's call it, you know, a bit of an off-roading type vehicle. Yep. Um, to Andy's point, I think he'd be happy to know that we've also brought our red seat belts to <laughs> our GV70 as well. So nice. um, that, that's a plus right there. Smart. Um, but but GV70, we when we looked at that vehicle, we thought, okay, how can we take our G70 platform, this vehicle that is incredibly fun to drive, and now give it the versatility that American customers are looking for without having to sacrifice that kind of fun daily driving atmosphere? And I think we've achieved that. It's got a great low center of gravity for an SUV incredible, bold sports styling, um, all of the great features uh, that people require and appointments on the inside, that standard 14-and-a-half-inch uh, widescreen uh, display, 
uh, all the best safety features. It just was named Top Safety Pick Plus as well, joining the rest of our lineup of vehicles. So, uh, I mean, and great performance. Um, you know, twin turbocharged optional V6 engine in this small, lightweight SUV package. So, yeah, very different from a Bronco, but I, I would say, um, you know, I think we've got a good chance in that category. I think you do too. I think you might be surprised. I think that uh, I, I'm I'm really seriously thinking that you might end up walking away with that award. Um, I'm seriously thinking that there's going to be quite a surprise for a lot of people who thought the Bronco was a shoe-in at the beginning of the year. I think uh, there might be a lot of open jaws towards the end of the year when GV70 walks away with the North American Utility Vehicle of the Year. And we haven't even touched on the fact that you have uh, the GV60, which I'm super excited about, which is uh, coming to market uh, next year, I think. Um, You guys just have so much going on. You're turning the industry on its head. So, Jared, uh, thank you so much for joining us. I'm super excited for you. I am Loving this uh, G70 that I'm driving, and good luck with the North American Car, Truck, and Utility Vehicle of the Year. Check more out at Genesis website. This is our Auto Expert. You're listening to our Auto Expert. You're listening to Our Auto Expert, available 24-7 on our website, Our Auto Expert. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. We also have stories about the time when Andy crashed his mum and dad's Camry and then pretended that it didn't happen, and stories about when Jen's dad got her a car and she didn't like it and she got a different car. Our Auto Expert <laughs> is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at Our OurAutoExpert.com. And that's true. Automatic Andy and truck girl (laughs) Jen are in the pits today. And Andy has stories about what he did like and didn't like about the Kia Sorento. I have a lot lot to say today. You do? Okay, I'm going to start. Go. So regarding the 2022 Kia Sorento. Yeah. Um, well, we mentioned it a few times, but did you know it was a part of the Rebel Rally, Nick? Yeah, I did. And it, it did very good. Yeah, there was rebels in it. And there was a lot of women. As in opposed it. to Pebbles, which was a character from the Flintstones. You know, she was an underrated character. Not a lot of speaking parts, but no. it was a good one. Yeah. Um, she had Pebbles. And her boyfriend's Bam Bam. Oh, yeah. Um, bam, 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 bam. See, anybody over the age of, under the age of like 50 doesn't get it. No, and that show would have been canceled. Yeah. But it was <laughs> probably canceled. Yeah. Go, carry but, on. Um, so, Nick, did you know that the Sorento has eight trims? Cause That's a lot. There's a lot. But and did you know that when you when you get down to the last couple, the X line and yeah. the Prestige and things, you yeah. get the plug-in hybrid option. Oh, I like I like it when I can plug things in. I don't. Okay, so <laughs> I feel like, me too, Nick. And I, feel, I, I like the hybrid option. Oh, whoa! Jen. Okay, in a vehicle. Uh, get your head out of the gutter. I'm gonna indirect. Yeah, um, keep going. I feel <laughs> so, Nick. There's a there's there's a good version of the Sorento, and I feel like the X line version. Can I correct your spelling here? X line between X and line, there's a dash. So X line, carry I carry me- on. I meant to put a dash there. There you go. Um, <laughs> which starts at and I spelled which wrong with the yeah. wrong kind of which. It's not the pointy hat kind. Um, it starts at thirty thirty five thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, five hundred ninety. And it's but a, what's five hundred ninety dollars between friends? Carry on. No, a small loan. Yeah. 
And then that's lunch for me. That is that's sushi and for a week. That's weekend. a lot. It's five hundred and ninety dollars. That's a fish market's worth of sushi. Carry yeah, on. Yeah, that's a blue tuna. Um, yeah. it's it's a direct threat to Subaru. Oh, it, what it, the tuna is? Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, because Subaru they <laughs> must don't, be a forester. Carry on. They don't want tuna in Subarus. It <laughs> off-roads so off-road like, and the body gets a whole additional inch of clearance that you climb over rocks better, more so than the bluefin Subaru. Uh, you can you can quickly uh, on the fly mode switching. You make sense of that. No. Um, and then there's so the hybrid. Oh, you mean on the fly like switching into four wheel drive? Yep. Okay, got it. Um, and then there's a uh, there's a, the there's a turbo hybrid. Oh yeah, that's good. Turbos are always good. It's Switch got, it up. It's Boom. got 323 hybrid, and they married turbo and electric electric turbo. 323 horsepower. Yep, yep. I made the connection. Sorry. It, it sounds like a new Pokemon. That's what. What does the, the, the electric turbo turbo? Oh yeah. Um. Nick. Yeah. Do you know this part too? Yeah. Go. There's eight whole USB chargers throughout the three rows of. Because let me tell you, eight half USB chargers no good to anybody. And I know, I know, like that's not horribly complicated, but that's really cool to me. What USB chargers? Yeah. Because what if I'm running at? What well, I'm at five percent? Yeah. Um, uh, it's better than eight half USB chargers, which you would be at five percent and be in trouble. And then what do you do with the half yeah. of one? Yeah, Nick, nothing. did you know that they made heated heated steering wheels for this one? Yeah, it keeps my little fingers warm. That one, because I don't ever get cold except for my head and my fingers, so that matters. Yeah, well, and there's a lot of head to get cold. Yeah, and I have a lot of fingers. Yeah. To get cold. You don't have any more than anybody else. Stop being greedy. Can and then, um, Nick, did you know? That there's available surround view and blind spot video view monitoring. There's extra eyes, Nick. Yeah. It's like your your it's like your car has spectaculars on it. And it's like spectaculars. Eyes, mm-hmm. eyes in the back of your like headica. Yeah. Wow. And Nick, there's a there's a big touch navigation screen, a ten point two fiver. Like it. And I like how they incorporated the design and function of the roof racks. Okay. The tires have rugged touches that are smooth and not bulky. Okay. Because who who wants it? No, um, Nick. They they listen to us, Nick. You know, want to know how they know they listen? They got my emails. Okay. Because uh, they now have two, Nick. I said two. Yeah. Person, um, memory seat memories. Oh yeah. That way, when I get in, yeah, it knows my what I want and my needs, not just yours. Oh, okay. So it's like having an attentive partner. Okay. Listening. Okay, so you can share seat positions. What if I get into yours and you get into mine? It knows. I don't want any of that. I think I wonder if it judges by weight. Because <laughs> if that's the case, then I'll never get mine wrong. No. Okay. I should have asked that when we had them on. Yeah, All right. So cons- the and Consumer Report and Motor Trends, they've put this in the top five of its class, oh. hands down. Hands down. Because it's such like a solid. I the color, that green color. What? Yeah, it reminds me of candy. Yep. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, the dark like the the, yeah. the the dark green get you lost in the forest color. Yeah, yes. it, look, it looks like the green yeah. crystals in the Wizard of Oz. Oh no, I never thought about that. Yeah, it does. No, 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 no. Okay, I get it. Yeah, that's those are all a lot of reasons why I would get the Kia Sorento. Fourteen-way adjustable. Um, I forgot that one. Yeah, there's fourteen See, different ways that you can move it. You man. can be comfortable fourteen ways, and yeah, it'll remember it. Yeah. And two different ways. 
<sighs> two different profiles per person, 14 yeah. different. That's There's the, got to be the math with like A in there. There's no point a, in having one profile because then that would just be one adjustment, wouldn't it? But wouldn't it be, it'd be 12A minus You can remember B. it one way. Why would you have a memory for one way? I don't. You wouldn't have a memory button for just one way, would you? No. There'd be it, no point. So I remember many. it this way and this way only. What would be the point of that? No. Because you would always be, you'd hit the memory button and it would be the same as hitting the memory button. That's it. Yeah. But it would oh yeah, man, the guy got fired for doing that. Oh my gosh, that gives me that puts me in a weird memory loop. Does it? Just one way. I go back to the same way each time, but, but you, you don't move anyway to get there. <laughs> you think something's going oh, it's on? Like but a bad it's nightmare. This is a bad nightmare. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you still show up every week. <laughs> I do. But I th- I feel like Amazon. the Kia the Kia really said, you know what? What? This is the Sorento. You guys are going to pay attention to it. I. I love the Sorento. I do too. I like it a lot. Yeah. It, no, I think we got snacks in. Oh, there's way snacks more in? snack room in it. Yeah. Cuz and when, once they up, once they up once <laughs> is that they how you judge the, cause snack well, room. Well, yeah, cuz once they updated the logo, things changed for Kia. Yeah. And this is this I can't is ever see that logo differently. I, it looks like to me a K and a backwards Russian N. Yeah, it looks I can like never see it like and it, 9 inch no, nails. 9 inch nails. Nine yeah. Nails. All right. You know what's next? What? A break and then Anton Oh, Gorman. Thank goodness. Yeah, thank goodness for that. Stand by, here it comes. You're listening to the R Auto Expert Podcast. This is our auto expert. Find us on TikTok. You can start a conversation with us. Ask us a car question. Just direct messages at our auto expert. If you direct message Jen about investing opportunities, you might get uh, tips on buying cats. If you direct message Andy, you might get tips on buying magic cards. Uh, your best advice will come from Anton Wallman, who made all of his money out of not following Andy and Jen. Our auto expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Uh, automatic Andy and truck girl Jen are live in the studio. I'm Nick Miles. You can read the majority of his stuff at The Street and Seeking Alpha. He is an independent analyst and investor. Anton Wallman joins us every week to talk about investing. Investing, analysts, the business uh, side of the automotive industry, uh, autonomy and electric stocks from Europe to North America. So this week, Anton, Elon Musk asked Twitter about a week ago uh, if he could sell 10% of his Tesla stake and uh, said that it would uh, aid aided by the Twitter verdict. Well, uh, didn't he sell it anyway? Yeah, that's right, Nick. So pretty much just as we were going online a week ago, if I remember correctly, uh, he said sent out this mystical Twitter poll that asked uh, seemingly the general public as to whether he should sell about 10% of his stake in Tesla, which is, of course, in about almost $20 billion at this point, or at least was at that point. And, um, you know, Twitter said yes, but that's not really the point here. The point is that he had already filed almost two months prior with the Securities and Exchange Commission to sell these shares. So this had been predetermined almost two months prior, and clearly this uh, asking Twitter whether he should sell the shares was just a foil to make it seem more, I guess, acceptable for him to uh, sell his stake. So uh, this is all uh, quite a bit puzzling when you think about it, but he's clearly concerned that is going to look bad somehow if he sells some of his shares in the company where he has been CEO now for over a decade. Would it perhaps be, may I make a suggestion, to 
to try and stop a, a big drop in the stock price because he didn't want to selling off the shares to be seen as maybe insecurity with the brand? Oh, clearly. I mean, you know, the, the motive uh, behind this, when you really peel off all of the layers of the onion and all of the games that he's playing, is clearly there's only one motive here, and that is that he wanted to try to cushion the blow that would come out when these shares were sold. Now, he had a legitimate reason very much as if he needs any reason at all. When you think about it, it's certainly his right to sell whatever you want. And at this level of valuation of the company, if I were in his shoes, I'd be selling it all. But, you know, he had a reason, and that is that he was going to be faced with a gigantic tax bill of almost, I think it was somewhere between 5 and $10 billion that he would have had to pay because he's exercising all of these options that he's getting from the company. So clearly he had a perfectly legitimate and sane reason to sell these shares. So why then engage in these games by asking Twitter for advice as to whether he should sell these shares? He doesn't need anybody's advice for this. He had a perfectly good reason to begin with. So the whole uh, you know, story here is a bit crazy, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, clearly he's done this under some sort of accounting advice and trying to avoid like the rest of us are doing. I mean, you look all over the country and people are now having problems if you have money and investments. A lot of people sort of have been playing while the pandemic's been going on with uh, Robinhood accounts and all this sort of thing, and they've made significant money uh, during the pandemic if they've been investing rather than spending their money on vacations and whatever else they would have spent it on. And now all these people who have made money during the uh, pandemic are suddenly realizing all that income is tax deducted, tax taxable. And so people are sitting here, you know, I made 20, 30, 40, 100,000 dollars while I was sitting in uh, in the pandemic. And now you've got to pay tax on that money as well. So uh, the super rich probably got 10, 100, 1,000 times that sort of problem, and and uh, they have to pay the taxes on them come the end of the year, so it's time to divert money and make sure you don't get a huge tax bill. That's right. No, that, that's a, what faced Elon Musk here was a variant of the same. I mean, he's getting options. It's going to get taxed on them. Uh, but why then just ask Twitter whether, I mean, he had perfectly good tax advice here. He's doing this thing in a seemingly reasonable and sane way. It's just that his explanation and the lead up and the games he's playing with the public are, are are extremely puzzling when you think about it i mean why why not just simply tell the truth i mean it just seems like that that would have been the most uh, straight uh, forward way here as opposed to asking twitter for advice absolutely all right so let's talk about companies uh, that are going public and are making money rivian goes public and uh, um, obtains a market capitalization of over a hundred billion dollars that's not chump change no, I mean, you talk about crazy here, but uh, Rivian, of course, is just now starting to deliver the first couple of hundred cars, mostly to employees as of yet, it seems. But they're going to deliver, you know, in the few thousands of vehicles over the next few months. And here they are going public and they're getting a market cap that is uh, in excess of $100 billion. That's as much as Ford and GM combined, if not larger. I think you can almost add up Ford, GM, and Stellantis at this point, and you're roughly at the same number. So uh, it's, it's worthwhile here, Nick, to really understand the broader context. Up until not even a full two years ago, uh, the entire automotive industry worldwide, if you add up all the automakers, they had a combined value of just about $1 trillion. 
And over the last two years, or not even a full two years, um, we are now approaching a combined valuation of all of these companies of almost $3 trillion. So we're up by almost 3x, essentially. And did the entire automotive industry triple its profitability, triple the number of cars sold during this time? Absolutely not. The industry was on track to sell roughly 100 million vehicles per year. Now, we've actually had a dip over the last two years, first because of the shutdowns, and secondly, now in this year, as a result of component shortages. So we're actually slightly lower than the trajectory we were on two years ago. But we were obviously going to recover from that over the next couple of years pretty clearly. So let's say it's the same. Well, we're selling the same number of cars with roughly the same level of profitability, and people are now ascribing a valuation that's almost three times as large to the industry overall. I mean, this simply cannot stand, Nick. At some point, this bubble is going to have to deflate. I mean, who is going to take it on the chin the most? Is it going to be the established majors, the Toyotas, the Daimlers, the BMWs, GM and Ford, etc.? Or is it going to be some of these new entities that have very, very small volumes, either non-existing profitability, questionable profitability, or in some cases, almost no revenue at all yet, like the companies such as a Rivian or a Tesla and so forth. I would have to believe that the most vulnerable entities over the next God knows how many years are probably going to be the companies that are on thinner footing as opposed to the traditional companies that have solid profitability, solid volume, and solid track records. It's interesting, isn't it, that uh, you know there's, there's all this going on. We can also look at um, other things when we talk about this, these companies and their valuation. I, I've been watching Fisker, who have an announcement at the LA Auto Show, and uh, their announcement's expected to be their new vehicle and going into production. We know it's going to be a major announcement. We know that this announcement uh, has been what we've been waiting to see from Fisker for the last five years. And their stock started, uh, you know, around $12 a share. And it's already up to $20 a share pre that announcement. And now some big banks are predicting it's going to be $32 a share. And people are buying stock like crazy in Fisker, um, expecting that to go crazy as well. So there's a lot of money to be made out yeah, of these so other what, companies. Yeah, so what we know from Fisker so far, it's a bit puzzling, really, about people are ascribing a huge valuation to this because uh, per what they had announced previously, we're now going back about a year or so, they were simply going to take a platform from Volkswagen, they essentially the uh, the MEB platform that underpins vehicles such as the Volkswagen ID4, the Audi version thereof, and the Skoda version thereof, and build their own body on top. Actually, they're not even going to build their own body. They're designing their own body. They're going to have contract manufacturers build their vehicles, and they're going to offer them on some sort of glorified lease where, you know, one of these all-in type of payments. Well, really, this is invention? I mean, come on, this is contract manufacturing and essentially saying, well, you have a, a perpetual subscription of sorts to the vehicle. Well, any automaker can do this if there's demand for it. There's no intellectual property to speak of associated with this. Granted, the design is pretty beautiful, but is it really all that different than any other new car design? I would say it's broadly speaking in the same category. So what's the real value here? If uh, why, why should Fisker somehow be able to get a cut from this process 
that is going to enable them to get a huge evaluation. It's all very, very puzzling, Nick, that this is, this is a mania right now that simply, in my opinion, does not make financial sense. Yeah, unless there's something that we don't know and they've been keeping something from us, which the indication is they maybe are. Um, because they have... Well, I, mean, I have no doubt that there's some new partnership to be cut, but unless such a partnership involves the creation of some new value that originates with Fisker, as opposed to just saying, well, we're going to con- have some other contract manufacturer do this, we're going to relabel something else, all of those types of things are you know, not really groundbreaking. We have contract manufacturing, we've had it for decades, we've had it for our entire lives, uh, we have had new attempts at new leasing and new rental models that have been tried for many years and decades, and they're easily copied by any other automaker if any of those models should prove fruitful. Right. So you can try one of these things, but unless you're inventing some actual new technology or something that you actually own in terms of intellectual property, uh, what is the sustainable right. value right. to the new shareholder? That's the big question. Yeah. Anton Wallman, independent Analyst and investor, read the majority of his stuff at the street and seeking alpha. Nobody in this segment has more information than Anton. Check him out at ourautoexpert.com. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Over 17,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more stream. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you as long as you listen while attached to a safety device and you are not a member of Jen or Andy's medical team. Uh, I am Nick Miles and this is Our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from Our Auto Expert. So... The finalist has been named for the 2022 semi-finalists of the North American Car, Truck and Utility Vehicle of the Year. It's wide open when it comes to Car of the Year, so let's run through them quickly. The Audi A3, the Cadillac CT5V, Blackwing, the Genesis G70, I like. The Honda Civic, I like. The Lucid Air, I like, but I think it's too expensive. I think um, $150,000, very expensive. Electric car, new company, I think that goes against them. The Mercedes-Benz EQS, like, but again, very expensive. Mercedes-Benz S-Class. And the VW Golf Mark 8 GTI and GTR. I think that has a good chance of winning. I think that is the very slim favorite, but I don't know if it'll actually win. So, any thoughts from anybody else? You said a, you said a couple of the cars I was going to talk about. Okay. I think the Mercedes is going to win, though. Cause you do? The EQS? Yeah, you know but why? But it's a luxury car, and this is supposed to be a people's car. But look at it. Uh, All right. I think, okay, so that, I want that to win because look at it. But I think realistically what's going to win is yeah. the Genesis. You do? Yep. All right. Um, good Good for Genesis. But uh, I think it might be closer to the Golf GTI. I think that's probably going to be the winner. Is that the hot hatch? The hot hatch. Uh. All right. Gen- uh, the, the truck of the year, uh, the candidates are the Ford Maverick um, truck which is the one that starts around $20,000. It also comes in a hybrid, but the hybrid isn't eligible because it doesn't come out until 2022. Um, it does 40 miles a gallon. That's the hybrid version. Again, not eligible because it doesn't come out until 2022. It's only the See? gas version See? that is eligible. Um, so, But the people are still thinking hybrid. The uh, the GMC Hummer EV, the Hyundai Sonata Santa Cruz, which is that Hyundai, Hyundai truck, the Nissan Frontier, which you know, the Rivian, 
electric truck, the R1T. But when they tested it, when the jury tested it back in Michigan, it had some uh, suspension problems. And also the Toyota Tundra. And again, that's their first hybrid Tundra that they've had. I still think the Maverick is probably going to win. Um, Over the Hummer? Yes, easily. Yeah, the Hummer starts like at $106,000. Well, 106000 And remember, it's electric. And the problem with electric is it's only electrics only available in certain states. You know, that's the problem with it. It's supposed to be an American, North American truck. Me Mexico and I think um, well the same with the Rivian right yeah I think again Some, I think yeah. it, I think it's going to be between Maverick and Rivian but I think Maverick's going to take it I yeah. just do because it's a, well, maybe not what I choose but I think Maverick yeah twenty thousand dollars I think Maverick's going to take it I do and then we come to the hard, the hardest category. This is going to be really hard. This is North American Utility Vehicle of the Year. I'm going to start from the bottom and work up because the last two are going to be, I think it's going to be a battle between them. So the VW ID4 all-wheel drive, I think that is a good candidate. The Nissan Pathfinder, good candidate. The Kia Carnival, great candidate. The, the Jeep Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer, great candidate. Mm. The Jeep Grand Cherokee, amazing candidate. Um, the Hyundai Tucson, great candidate. The Hyundai Ioniq. Great vehicle. Yep. The um, the that's the Ionic Five. These last two, it's going to be really tough between these two. The Genesis GV70. Mm. We've had that vehicle. I think it should have been the next James Bond car, the GV70 SUV, and the Ford Bronco. Oh my it's going to be such a difficult battle between those two, and I can honestly see it going either way. A really tough fight between those two. You'd think the Ford Bronco will take it, but all signs point to the GV70 because it's won all of the awards around it. You usually can tell by Motor Trend Car of the Year and all the local awards that go to it, but the Bronco's not been winning those local awards. They've been going to Genesis. Genesis won the Northwest Automotive Press Association Mudfest Award. Genesis won the Motor Trend Award. Genesis has been winning all of the local awards, which is a, usually a good sign that it's going to win the North American Award. The, so, other, the other thing is all these car companies work really hard at winning these awards, and they don't really help sales. They used to be such, and they have to pay, by the way, these car companies. When they win an award with some of these awards, they have to pay to be able to use the name of these awards. What? So, Yeah, you have to pay to use the award name for so some of them. Which one would you pick, a North American Utility Vehicle of the Year? <sighs> I'm looking at Andy. Mm. Mm, come on. I'm going to have to go with the Genesis because I can't drive the Bronco. Really? I'd like the Grand Wagoneer. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. The that Grand Wagoneer, the Series 3. That one specifically. That's sexy. Vehicle. I, I, I can't choose. To be honest with you, I really can't choose. I might choose the Grand Wagoneer. I might choose the Grand Cherokee. I really like the... Uh, the yeah, I know. Uh, this one is very the Grand tough. Grand Wagoneer, because I can put Nick's face like, on literally on seven screens. He had him on. He had me on all the screens. On all seventy-five in inches. He had me on all of the screens. And I like that. The, well, the Wagoneer that has the flag. You know, yeah, it's the mean, only Pathfinder is good. The the ID four is amazing. I Did you drive the Ionic? The I was going to say the I Ionic. I am driving December. Yeah. I haven't driven the Hummer. The Santa just, Cruz is great. So do you the know Pathfinder's anybody on the panel this year? Oh yeah, Javier is on the panel. I know lots is of people. Brian gonna yeah, be on Brian's the on the panel. Ha, we'll have to have Brian. I've on talked there. to a bunch of people, and to be honest with you, a lot of them, they're all over the place. I, I talked to. I, I feel like we should get five minutes with some of the judges. 
Oh, yeah. Well, no they've already voted on this yeah. lot. Then they'll get down to the final three in each category, and then they vote again. I demand an addendum. An addendum? Mm-hmm. What do you want to add? I would, I would like to throw my hat in the circle. Yeah, that's, that's going to happen. in the hat. I don't ever want to be on any of these committees, and I'll tell you why. I got this far in my career without being on any World Car of the Year, North American Car of the Year. I don't need to be on any, and it's politically so charged. I yeah. absolutely do not want to be on any jury. Because my opinions are very strong, and I like to no, say things very publicly. <laughs> and you can't do that when you're on a jury. And I like to tell people how I feel. And if I don't like your car, I'm going to tell you. That's yeah, we know. not a characteristic of yours. No. Yeah. I'm going to tell you your car begins with C and ends in P. <laughs> it's a carp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to tell you that. And if you want to really hear my opinions... There's a place to go and hear them. My bathroom. No, it's <laughs> oh, ourautoexpert.com. Opinions, I said. Huh? Well, you said Sub- bathroom. Anything I said in my the- opinions. Subjective. Ourautoexpert.com. Yeah. You can see all of my TV videos and my digital videos. You can see all of my, uh, or you can listen to this show, the radio show, the podcast is there. You can see all of the segments. The National Fox Sports Show is there. We'll be doing another one out of the LA Auto Show. You'll be able to see that National Fox Sports there, uh, the Fox Sports Show. You can uh, read all of the articles there about different cars. You can see uh, Andy. I'm sure there's pictures of you that you can see Jen. I just uploaded a cartwheel video. You did? Oh, you didn't know about it. Oh, no. But you, next time, we, I had to delete that one because you didn't have pants on. Ah. There's more Our Auto Expert on the way 24-7 at OurAutoExpert.com. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles. Find all the show episodes at OurAutoExpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response.